please pledge support at patreon.com forward slash pants pending. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any agency of pants pending studios. Assumptions made within the podcast are not reflective of the position of any pants pending interviews. Please hang up and try again. Do not adjust your podcasting machine. You've entered the imagination of a genius-level idiot. A wise old soul with the mind of a child. Prepare to be amazed, appalled, but most of all, entertained. This is Gilman. You not be energized with music like that playing in the background. You got an hour to kill, which means I got an hour to fill. Oh, you didn't know. Yo, ass better call somebody. This is Gilman. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show. Circumstances have caused us to dive back into this hole a little bit, so I guess I'll start the show with one of these. Apology of the Week. So I'm starting with the Apology of the Week, quite simply because uh, this sort of happened last minute. Last time we did uh, one of these uh, Gilman gigs, uh, I had a little time to prepare. And uh, the show seemed, you know, pretty decently organized, if not rambly. Which is, uh, you know, probably could be on the top of my resume. You know, Will Gilman, comedian, actor, writer, disorganized and rambly. Uh, so this one is, is not disorganized, organized and rambly. Fuck, yeah, I'm off already. Uh, I've been kind of a rambling ass the past couple of days, and don't worry, we'll get into all that. But uh, this seems a little less prepared than usual. Sort of came together last minute. That's what happens when you you work with a couple of fellas who have ladies in their lives, and you are fat and awkward. You kind of get stuck in a studio, talking to yourself, hoping that you can fill an hour amongst your friends. But hey, why are we bothering with that when we should have... Stop the clock. Yes, the clock has started, and we are underway. All right. I am feeling good. We got five stories in 60 minutes, and who knows what the fuck else I'm going to talk about. Let's get started. Story number one. Yes, story number one comes from the sports world, uh, which I know seems surprising coming from me, but uh, that can happen every now and again. Uh, this is the story I got from the Huffington Post. Headline reads, Bryant Gumbel thanked Donald Trump for NFL rant and for good reason. So, uh, this is from the Bryant Gumbel show on HBO called Real Sports. Uh, Real Sports host Bryant Gumbel ended his Tuesday show with a powerful message that started with thanks to President Donald Trump. Do we have the audio? Of course we have the audio! That's what we do here at Gilman. Finally tonight, a quick thanks to the current occupant of the White House for energizing the social conscience of the modern American athlete. That occupant's weekend series of racist, churlish, and childish comments drew a variety of stunning rebukes and actions, which suggest jocks may finally be realizing that apathy won't cut it anymore, 
that in conjunction with their fame, they have important civic roles to play, especially now. Those of us who've long focused on the intersection of sports and society have often wondered what it would take for today's athletes to forsake the path of least resistance and actually stand for something. And now we know. Many suddenly seem not just willing but also eager to follow in the giant footsteps of Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Billie Jean King, Roberto Clemente, Arthur Ashe, and many others who courageously use their athletic platforms to challenge authority in the pursuit of justice. Back in their day, Bob Dylan famously said, the times they are changing, and that's still true today, as is the sad reality that certain things haven't really changed at all. And that's our show for this evening. For all of the good folks here at Real Sports, I'm Bryant Gumbel. Thank you so very much for being with us, and good night. That audio, courtesy of HBO and The Real Sports Show with Brian Gumbel. And I bring this up uh, because, yes, I know that this is a hot-button issue. Um, I know it's the kind of issue that, uh, you know, a lot of people are going, have been talking about. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't understand why. Hey, well, it's your top story, and you don't understand why you're talking about it. I understand why I'm talking about it. I don't understand why so many others are talking about it. Because quite frankly, here's for, for those who've been living under a rock or anything like that, here's what's been happening. So at uh, sporting events, mostly football games, uh, starting with a quarterback named Colin Kaepernick, uh, there have been players who, instead of standing for the national anthem, are essentially taking a knee. Uh, they are are kneeling during it. And um, quite frankly, you know, I don't give a fuck. And I don't understand why so many others do. Um, what somebody chooses to do during a song playing on television doesn't matter to me. You know, if if the Beatles came back and people weren't standing and screaming while they played She Loves You, am I supposed to shout and say that you're being a dick to the Beatles? No, it is a song. Uh, and it is a bunch of people that you don't know, that you've never met, which I know is restating the same thing, but, you know, sometimes you got to make some emphasis there, and that you probably never will meet. And if you do, it's uh, for like five minutes at a fucking autograph signing. These are people who are not in your lives. Their opinions, you know, are interesting to listen to, but in the end don't matter. And I say this as a guy who's interesting to listen to and whose opinions probably don't matter. I understand this. But yet, there's so many people shouting at the top of their lungs, Oh, I'm going to boycott the NFL because they're being unpatriotic or... Oh, look at these racist people who are yelling at people for taking a knee during the national anthem. Here, 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 here's my thought. And uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest sports fan. I'm also not the biggest patriot. Um, I like that I was born in the U.S. because, uh, quite frankly, it's a very advantageous place to be. You know, I'm a, I'm a white man in the United States. I'm in the catbird seat, as uh, they like to say. You know, like, I understand that I, I get a lot of privileges for uh, being a Caucasian man on this section of the earth. But I've never been a whole, you know, USA, USA, USA guy, uh, except for back when I was a child when Hulk Hogan was telling me to. Uh, you know, nowadays, <laughs> I'm like one world, one people. 
And I only say that because I don't know, you know, I've never met a Martian, if there are any, or anybody from, you know, any other planet. Like if a Vulcan showed up, then it'd be like, all right, one universe, one people. Let's let's get together, man. I don't understand. Sorry, sip a Powerade for the working man. Uh, I don't understand the the division. And I don't understand, you know, the reason for wanting to be divided or wanting to be in groups like that. Like, that doesn't, it doesn't compute in my tiny pea brain. Um, I don't understand why the these items that people that you've never met and probably never will meet are remotely influencing your life. You know, because uh, Colin Kaepernick, and I know he's not playing right now, um, but he's, you know, the only one, only football player that I know for sure did the take a kneel thing. Um, you know, just because he decided to, to take a knee, um, suddenly everybody is, you know, is all over the place as it comes to, you know, who's a patriot and who isn't. Um, who, you know, respects people and who doesn't. All of those things. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me at all. I, I don't know Colin Kaepernick. I don't know, um, any of these other players who are taking a knee. I don't know Jerry Jones and he and the entire Dallas Cowboys, you know, took a knee on Monday Night Football. And it was on the front fucking page of the newspaper. Now, while I'm saying this and while I'm babbling, I do understand that what they're protesting matters. There is a disproportionate amount of violence, uh, you know, racial violence in this country. And I don't get that either. Like I said, one world, one people. You know, um, I I. I can't honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I can't say if I see an African-American gentleman walking towards me um, that there's a part of me that doesn't, you know, say like, uh oh, you know, that's me being honest. But at the same time, I'm not like, oh, I better, you know, strike first while the iron's hot. You know, I'm just like, hey, I'm going to be nice. That's what I do. You know, if he seems like a cool guy, I'm going to joke around with him, maybe bust balls a little bit. But. I, I don't get it. I don't get racism. I don't get sexism, you know, other than silly jokes. Um, and if the silly jokes, you know, truly offend somebody, then you don't say the silly jokes. It's that simple. Uh, I These are people, you know, like the, the people on the football field. They're people I've never met. They're people I'm never going to meet. They're people whose names I'm probably not going to remember. You know, like I've watched it. I've, I've, I have HD TV again. I know. Welcome to the 90s, Will Gilman. Um, or maybe the early 2000s. I don't know when it came out. Fuck. I could Google it, but fucking I'm on a roll. Kind of. Um, <laughs> you know, I, these are people that I, that I don't, that I don't know. Like, uh, if, if Andrew came to me and was like, Hey, I'm doing this protest thing. What do you think? Andrew, somebody in my life. I care about his opinion. Adam or Travis, same thing. You know, those are people who who matter to me. And I would be, you know, wondering about where they're coming from and what they're thinking and those kind of things. But people that I've never met, 
people that I probably will never meet? Who gives a shit? That's the point I'm trying to make. I don't understand the uproar. I don't understand uh, our president, um, you know, making tweets about it when there are real things in the world happening. Um, I also, in the same breath, let me identify myself a little bit. I I am, uh, I am a, you know, probably for the most part a pinko commie liberal. Um, in the same breath, I made a, a small post about this on my Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Will Gilman, as if you didn't already know. Um, or if you didn't, there you go. Uh, I made a post where my opinion was simply meh. You know, my opinions change a little bit. It's changed from meh to who gives a fuck. Uh, so I guess I'm a little more passionate about it. But I, I, I had a, a couple of commenters who were just like, yeah, I just like getting in there and poking the bear. As if that fucking helps. You know? As if that, you know, what's going to help lead to discourse and lead to compromise and lead to us communicating as people is us going out of our way to poke the bear and make these, fu- make the, you know, people who think, you know, differently angry. There are some things that we're never going to agree on. I understand that. But we can reach a middle ground. We can talk. We can discuss. We can negotiate. We can be fucking people. There's a, a fella at my at my day job. Conservative as the day is long. Blue lives matter, motherfucker. You know, he and I agree on like four things in the world. Um, he's a guy that I probably would never have met, you know, had I not, you know, been put into a work situation with him. We get along fine. We bust balls a little bit. On, you know, he busts my balls for being, a, you know, a pinko. And I bust his balls, you know, for being stupid. Um, and I don't bust his balls for being stupid because of his conservative beliefs. I bust his balls and being stupid because he's kind of a dumb guy. Um, and I'm not saying that's why he's conservative either. Um, it's just a fun coincidence. Um, my, my favorite thing that I've been doing to him lately is every time he makes a foolish mistake, I like to ask him if he uh, feels like he's stealing from the company every time he gets a paycheck. And uh, he just laughs it off. And uh, eventually, he's going he's gonna to understand that uh, eventually it's going to go too far and he's going to get really mad. But, you know, hopefully I identify that like two jokes before and I can just stop right there. Um, I don't understand, you know, going out of your way to try not to get along. And that's from both sides. Uh, I don't understand any of that. And, uh, I think that we've taken this taken the thing and blown it way out of proportion. It's, uh, a, a bunch of dudes. Um, so far, there may have been women who've done this protest too. I haven't seen it. So that's why I say a bunch of dudes. Uh, they're the ones who are getting the most attention anyway. But it's a bunch of dudes who are just like, uh, hey, stop killing black people. And uh, I'm for that. And I don't understand the uproar. I don't understand the, hey, they're not standing on their feet with their hands over their hearts while the song is playing. Guess what, people? It's a fucking song. It's a badly worded, hard to sing song. Um, if if I had my way, um, I think our national anthem should be Fuck Like a Beast by Rat. Okay, that's not true. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, the National Anthem is a song. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautifully orchestrated song when it's done right, and it's a horrible piece of garbage when it's done wrong. But it's a song. Who cares? Why do we care? Why does it matter? 
who cares? That's where I'm coming from. That's what I've just spent the last 15 minutes trying to say over and over and over again, making the same point. Let's move on. Let's get away from taking a knee and let's look at somebody who's kind of a... Let's look at a different kind of asshole. Number two. Story number two comes from the Washington Post. Headline reads, Georgetown bank teller stole $185,000 from homeless customer with garbage bag full of cash. Soon as I saw that headline, you knew I had to bring that to your attention, right? Haven't read this story yet, so if I'm stumbly bumbly, that's why. But uh, I just saw the headline and was like, fuck yes. So here we go. A 29-year-old bank teller stole more than $185,000 from a homeless customer who tried to deposit a garbage bag full of cash at a Wells Fargo branch in Georgetown, according to filing, according to court filings and attorneys in the case. I can kind of see where the bank teller's coming from. If I see a homeless guy coming in with a garbage bag full of money, mm, the temptation to fuck him over is there. Uh, (laughs) I'd like to think, I would like to think that I would not be the guy who's going to take, you know, this bounty, this windfall from somebody who's had nothing for so long. Um, But I can't promise I'd be that guy. In a deal with prosecutors... Phelan Davis of District Heights, Maryland, pled guilty Thursday to one federal felony count of interstate transportation of stolen property, punishable by 10 years in prison. The victim was unnamed in court filings, but was described as a homeless street vendor and longtime Wells Fargo customer who had more than one account that had gone dormant because of lack of activity. Ha! No shit. Court filings did not identify the customer or say why a homeless person would have a large amount of cash in a bag when he showed up at the M Street Northwest branch where Davis worked. Outside the courtroom, Davis's attorney, Bruce Allen Johnson Jr., said he also did not know how the individual came to have the cachet of cash. That's the million-dollar question, Johnson said. Um... I'm pretty sure I know where the the homeless guy got the money. Uh, He stole it. (laughs) And uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest homeless advocate these days. Uh, And uh, and in my night job or day job or whatever you want to call it at the hotel, um, I wind up, you know, having to escort homeless from the property uh, from time to time. Uh, there's many occasions where I thought I was going to get hit or, or something. Um, there was one and I hope I I didn't talk about this on the show. I know I didn't on Gilman, so it's new to you. Uh, I was doing my security rounds at the hotel one night and I'm about to go check the ladies room because that's one of the fun parts of the job. And uh, I, I'm listening from the outside of the door, and from the inside I hear two voices, and one of them is distinctly not female. So I, I let them know they have five minutes to vacate the premises from calling the police, and, um, you know, I, I, I count them down. You know, I knock and I tell them three minutes, knock and tell them one minute. Um, at that point, they said, we're not leaving, so I call the police, and I let them know. The gentleman in there 
came ripping out of the room, just full on, you know, fists balled up, shoulders forward. Like he was coming out of this bathroom to fight me. And I'm like, awesome. I have not taken a punch in 15 years. I hope I remember how. But he took one look at me. And uh, I'm a pretty massive some bitch. And it's like his whole body apologized at once. Like his shoulders slumped down. His fists suddenly became dormant hands. You know, his, his posture completely changed. And I was like, awesome. Cool. Thank goodness. And they were nice and cooperative and left, you know, without incident. And then uh, about a week and a half ago, I saw them again. And they were trying to play the same game. Uh, only this time, they didn't make it into the hotel. And had two gigantic shopping carts worth of stuff. And it didn't look like that, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm at a hotel. We don't have shopping carts there. I don't know where they came from. So I'm pretty sure that the money was stolen. So it almost seems like a victimless crime, except, you know, for the homeless victim. Uh, in plea papers, Davis acknowledged that the customer had, quote, thousands of dollars of cash that he wanted to deposit in October of 2014, but he lacked identification. Davis told the customer where to get ID documents and a social security card, and also noted the customer had a, lar a surprisingly large balance with the bank, according to a signed three-page statement of the crime. On two consecutive days that October, Davis fraudulently opened a new account by forging the customer's signature, set up an ATM card, personal identification number, email address, and online logon that Davis controlled, and funded the account with $3,000 from one of the customer's other accounts, according to court filings. Over the next two years, the filing disclosed, Davis transferred $177,400 between the customer's accounts and withdrew $185,440 and transported at least $5,000 from automated teller machines in the district across state lines to his home in Maryland, the basis for the federal charge. Well, here's where the bank teller went wrong. Motherfucker put paper behind it. <laughs> I've watched enough, you know, I've watched enough mafia movies and crime shows. You don't leave a paper trail. What a dumb shit. He deserves to go to prison just for being stupid. Oh, man. So uh, the court documents did not say how Davis was caught. He was charged on July 19th. As part of the plea deal, Davis had agreed to pay back the stolen money, and Assistant U.S. Attorney Condi Kleinman said he would likely face a sentence of 18 to 30 months under federal guidelines. Well, that's what you get for being a bad thief. A really, really bad thief. Here's what I say. If you're going to be a thief, be good at it. Am I right? That, Mr. Will, was just wrong. Could never get the British girl to agree with me. It's all right. You know what? Let's take it to another story. And this one is a bit more lighthearted. Number three. Good news, fellas. Bad news, ladies. R.I.P. Sex in the City 3. This is from E-Online. Uh, like Sarah Jessica Parker, Kristen Davis is also mourning the death of the previously planned sequel. Quote, I love to look back at the pics from our long history of Sex and the City. The actress, who had previously expressed optimism about the film, wrote on Instagram Friday. 
quote, I'm incredibly lucky to have gotten to play Charlotte through all of her ups and downs. It's true we're not going to be able to make a third film. I wish that we could have made a final chapter on our own terms to complete the stories of our characters. It is deeply frustrating not to be able to share that final chapter with all of you. So we will just have our memories, but please know that all the love and support for us through the years is felt by us, and we are grateful for all of you. Sex in the city forever in our hearts. End quote. Aww. Uh, so for so earlier in the week, I guess uh, Daily Mail TV reported that Warner Brothers Pictures canceled plans to soon begin production on the third movie after refusing to meet demands by Kim Cattrall. A source told E! News that this is untrue and that the actress who played Samantha on the HBO series in the two previous films responded on Twitter by writing, quote, woke to a at mail online poop emoji storm. The only demand I ever made was that I didn't want to do a third film, and that was back in 2016. So for those of you who don't remember Sex and the City 2, I went to the trouble of finding uh, a quick movie review. This is from the Daily Mirror in the UK, and it's a uh, movie reviewer David Edwards giving us his review of Sex and the City 2. And it would be even better if I had properly switched the cord and had it all plugged in right. Let's try this again. Prepare for the time of your lives. Men prepare to feel like taking your own lives as Charlotte, Samantha, Carrie and the other one return for more shoe shopping, moaning about men and cosmopolitan drinking in Sex and the City 2. Two years. Two years after the original, Carrie, that's played by Sarah Jessica Parker, is having men trouble with new husband Big. So when Samantha is offered a free holiday to the UAE, she jumps at the chance along with the two others. You haven't seen anything yet. zingy one-liners and some amusing cameos from the likes of Liza Minnelli, Penelope Cruz and Miley Cyrus. Sometimes you just have to get away with the girls. Overall, this isn't a good film. In fact, it's almost not a film at all and more a series of comedy sketches thanks to a plot that's so thin. Still, like a cosmopolitan, I reckon this will leave women with a big, warm, fuzzy glow. For men, it'll be like all your hangovers arrived at once. So, for ladies, it's a four out of five. For men, it's a lonely one. Thank you very much, Mr. Edwards. That uh, was David Edwards from the Daily Mirror interview that was published back in May of 2010. Reviewing Sex in the City 2, as we've learned from Kristen Davis, who I've always referred to as the hot one on the show, uh, as to why there is no Sex in the City 3. Uh, which is uh, sad news. Sarah Jessica Parker, who played main character Carrie Bradshaw, recently confirmed Sex in the City 3's demise. Quote, it's over, she told Extra. We're not doing it. I'm disappointed. We had this beautiful, funny, heartbreaking, joyful, very relatable script and story, 
it's not just disappointing that we don't get to tell the story and have that experience, but more so for that audience that has been so vocal in wanting another movie. So vocal that the other movie bombed. Sorry, I editorialized there. Uh, Cynthia Nixon, who played Miranda Hobbs, has not commented publicly on Sex and the City's cancellation. She previously weighed in on the idea of a third film in an interview with E! News in 2016, saying, Where there's life, there's hope. Indeed. Truer words have not been spoken. Uh, so, I, I'll be honest, my entire experience with uh, Sex and the City involved uh feeling like uh, a sheepish dick when buying uh, pretty much every season on dvd for my mother uh sex in the city came really in handy for me during holidays because i never know for sure what she wants what she has and what she doesn't want and uh she's usually makes me feel like a dick when if i give her uh, anything that's like a gift card or a gift certificate so, for a while there, Sex and the City came in really in handy. So, it was like, hey, here's the next season of this show you like. All right. I'll see you on Christmas. Hopefully, another one's out by then. Uh, that's also why she has every season of Charmed and uh, every season of the Gilmore Girls, uh, two other shows that I've not seen any of. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you do what you got to do to keep the ladies in your life happy. Uh, hence, I'm doing a show by myself and I'm feeling sad that I'm referring to my mother as a lady in my life. All right. Well, we've reached the halfway point, so I think it's time that we... Pause the clock. We're 30 minutes in and we got 30 minutes to go. We're going to take it to a break. And when we return with the show, we're going to have a few couple more stories. I've got a couple of things going on in my life that I think I want to tell you about. But otherwise, it's going to be a heck of a good time. Hopefully you'll stick with us. Listen to these advertisements for other shows on the Pants Spending Studios Podcast Network and stick with me. This is Gilman. Hi, I'm Ash. Hi, I'm Steven. I write fan fiction. I'm a <laughs> podcaster and a comedian, and neither of us have seen a lot of movies, so we decided to get caught up on our catalog of movies, and while talking about it, I decided that we should podcast all of it. And now, two years later, we're still at it. And we're kind of a little bit more professional than ever. He wants to touch the... Tiny. <laughs> Brian Cranston, the one that knocks, that is... and the one that sends a Power Rangers after go touch things. He wants to get vertical on the limbo shack. What the f- She is your soulmate because the Lord has told me- What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he wants to jump through that tent and into the canyon and fly away while holding a ketchup bottle. I don't know how it works. He wants to left eye Lopez for Destiny's Child. So join us every Monday on iTunes, Stitcher, or here on the Pants Pending Studios Podcast Network. Which you can find at pantspending.com. Got feedback? Please do. You can email contact at welovethehustle.com or call the hotline at 
401-379-4994. This is Gilman. Do you hear that? I, I do. What do you think it means? Oh, crap. We were supposed to record a promo today. Ah, you're right. Pokemon Lemon and Lime now available. <laughs> oh, Bob Ross. Look, you make that mountain. Do you like laughing? Oh, come on. Who doesn't like laughing? Ask a harder one. Like, do you like really laughing? What does it, pants mean? It, it, it's a plot. <laughs> that may explain why our England numbers are not doing very well. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No. <laughs> God <laughs> I just really like the <laughs> Join Stephen and I three Fridays a month as we bring you the never-ending random discussion. Three Fridays? Well, oh, right. Uh, the ladies' night takes over once a month. Yeah, idiot. Black, black tar on aluminum foil and, like, putting a butane torch underneath it. I mean, I don't know how to smoke heroin. I'm Should I use we- eight condoms? Will that help? <laughs> I'm glad we have I think it will. You probably won't be having here. sex. Yeah. <laughs> you have eight condoms. Yeah, no, at that point, you're just dancing. <laughs> Find the show at nerd.pantspending.com or on your favorite podcast player. Oh, the gals are going to be mad that you forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, well, who cares about those? Wait, is this still recording? Never-ending random discussion every Friday from Pants Pending Studios at pantspending.com. Welcome back to your Gilman Show. One of these days, I'm going to get return music that is in the exact same song I left you with. I promise when I have a bit more time to prepare. Uh, Before we get going, I should turn the volume up when I'm going to hit a sound effect. Start the clock. Yeah, we're back on the clock now, and it's been an interesting week, a uh, couple of weeks for me. Uh, tomorrow, uh, your big buddy's going to be going to a WWE show. Uh, anybody who's known me for, I'd say, more than a minute and a half can uh, you know, guess that I'm a professional wrestling fan. And uh, I realized something. Uh, the, the tickets that uh, I'm going to be using to go to the show are, are being given to me by our, our buddy Adam from The Hustle Show. And uh, very grateful for that. He he got them from his work, and he's like, what am I going to do with WWE tickets? I know. I'll give them to my big fat friend. Um, that isn't what he said. I'm putting, you know, awful words in his mouth. Let me not mischaracterize him in that way. Um, but I, I realized, as I was thinking about it, I don't think I have ever paid to go to a professional wrestling show and I have been to many, 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 many professional wrestling shows. <laughs> uh, it's either, you know, something has come up where uh, somebody's given me the tickets, tickets have fallen in my lap, uh, something like that. And uh, I think that's why I was hesitant to buy tickets this time. I was just like, you know what? Something's going to happen. I'm going to wind up with, with decent seats. Uh, I'm just going to put the my my hands into the hands of fate and hope for the best. And that's exactly what happened, thanks to Adam. Uh, also got some really good news that uh, I wanted to share uh, with you Gilman listeners. Uh, there, uh, Many of you know, if you, especially if you listen to Hustle, I went to audition for the Spokane International, not, not the Spokane, the Seattle International Comedy Competition. And, um, you know, it went really well. And I know for sure it went really well. So I received an email letting me know that I was, you know, that I've moved on. I'm not in the competition yet. Let me make that abundantly clear. 
Um, I may not make it into the competition. Let me make that abundantly clear as well. Um, but I received an email basically saying, Hey, we've narrowed it down from the hundreds of applications and the, and the people who've done showcases to about a hundred people. And you're one of them. So, uh, let us know if you still want to do this. And I'm like, yes, please. So that sort of popped something up in my head. I've realized um, in my journeys in life that I've been accused of being someone who is afraid of success. And I've realized, yes, that is absolutely true. Because since I got that email, like I had the excitement moment, you know, I had a few hours of, hey, hey. But since then, I have been a mess. I have been a babbling ass to anybody, uh, as you've probably witnessed listening to this show. And uh, I've just been off a little bit. And um, I'm hoping that that's a temporary thing. Um, and I'm hoping that if I get into the competition that I don't get worse. But uh, it's been quite a journey over the last year for me mental health wise. And uh, anybody who wants to know more uh, can listen to the latest episode of the Darkest Corner podcast here on the Pants Pending Studios podcast network. Uh, it is entitled The Uprising uh, featuring Will Gellman. I, I did not make create the title. <laughs> that was Andrew's doing. Um but it fits, you know, the things are better. I'm, I'm, I'm liking me a lot more and, uh, I think that's why things are going well. So, uh, how do I fix this problem? Um, oh, hopefully I convince myself that, uh, things going well and, uh, you know, me having some success isn't a problem. That's, uh, the direction that we're moving in. But enough about me. I've still got some stories to tell you and we've got some departments to get to. So let's get to... Number four. Oh, number four is kind of a creepy story. The uh, This headline from the Huffington Post, Sex Robot Molested at Electronics Festival, creators say. Now, uh, we've heard a lot about sex robots on The Hustle and, uh, and such, as it's uh, kind of a weird cottage industry. But I figured, to give us some background, uh, that we should know a bit more about this particular sex robot. And so I found this audio from the television show, The Doctors. And son of a bitch, I thought I had the cord plugged in. Let's try this again. Gotta love wasting time by my inability to move a cord from one piece of machinery to another. Okay, I think we got it this time. And now we just make sure to go to the beginning. Let's try this again, shall we? There's a new sex <laughs> robot in town. This one yeah. requires you to seduce her. Check it out. Meet Samantha. She's not just another pretty face. She's the latest innovation in sex robotics. Nice and gentle. You heard that right. Samantha is not afraid to say what's on her mind. Barcelona-based engineer Sergey Santos has recently created a sex doll equipped with the latest advancements in artificial technology, who seemingly enjoys sex just as much as her human partner. Always. All the time. Samantha responds positively when touched and has different modes of interaction. She has romantic. She has family. And she has also sexy mode. But what really turns Samantha sexy on mode. is intimacy. Initially, she would like to be romantic. She likes to be kissed. And you get it to a point where she wants 
to be sexual. Now then, what's next? She responds to uh, basically the G-spots and also the breasts. The objective is to get her to the orgasm. So if you were in the market for a doll, would you pay $5,400 for Samantha? Nope. I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> and uh and and that's not me trying to be a braggart and being like, "Hey, hey I get laid so much that I don't need a sex robot, you know? A sex robot would probably come in handy, but I also feel like that would be throwing in the towel of defeat. And uh I'm not going to do that. So the story again from the Huffington Post. Sex robot molested at electronics festival. The man behind the intelligent sex robot named Samantha said the kinky creation needs to be repaired thanks to, quote, barbarians at a tech industry festival. Engineer Sergi Santos of Barcelona, Spain, wanted to show off Samantha at the Arts Electronica Festival in Linz, Austria last week. The Randy robot is programmed with artificial intelligence so that she responds to gentle seduction. Samantha seemingly gets more aroused the more she's romanced. That didn't happen at this festival. Instead, Samantha was molested and seriously damaged by attendees. Well, no fucking shit. Let's take a sex robot around a bunch of tech geeks who probably haven't touched a booby in a while. And I'm trying not to be too mean because I'm a guy who hasn't touched a booby in a while. And let's see what really happens to it. Quote, the people mounted Samantha's breasts, her legs and arms. Two fingers were broken. She was heavily soiled. Uh, the creator said, according to Britain's Metro News site, people can be bad because they did not understand the technology and did not have to pay for it. They treated the doll like barbarians. End quote. Even though Samantha's breasts and some other body parts were badly damaged by the sex-crazed Austrian horde, the AI software and the robot still worked perfectly. When Santos asked the doll, how are you? It responded, hi, I'm fine, according to Daily Star. Ugh. This uh, gave the inventor cause for hope. Quote, Samantha can endure a lot. She will pull through, end quote, he said, according to the British tabloid. This has just got icky written all over it. I did not realize how icky this story was when I grabbed it during the break there. Iran Lee Squire, a British engineer who helped Santos develop Samantha, told the Daily Post he believes the robot should be treated like a lady. Sure, buddy. Quote, I think people have just become overexcited and treated her like a sex doll. She isn't a sex doll. She's a robot with AI, he said. Yeah, those aren't dolls. They're action figures. I'm not pretending. I'm playing my character in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not a child. I'm watching professional wrestling. I'm just as bad. I just haven't sold a robot. Uh, Santos shipped Samantha in a box back to Barcelona for repairs because she's a robot with AI. Uh, the Daily Star reports that he has sold 15 versions of her at about $4,000 a pop. Yikes. Ah, uh, I think if somebody gave me a sex robot, I wouldn't know it. Well, I'm, 
I shouldn't say I wouldn't know what to do with them because I think we don't know what to do with it. But I don't know if I would feel right about doing it. You know, like, I don't even have one of them uh, fleshlight gimmicks. Like, to me, that all just seems kind of creepy and kind of weird. Uh, speaking of kind of creepy and kind of weird, it's time that we introduce a new department here on To Gilman. And this department is simply called Geek of the Week. Geeks. Of the week. Yes, because sometimes I need excuses for more than five stories, and I only got the British lady to say the numbers one through five. Uh, our Geek of the Week, of course, uh, just somebody who was uh, really, really dumb, or really, really ironically dumb. Uh, again, uh, this story coming from the Huffington Post. Headline reads, Accused Drunk Driver's Shirt Gets Points for Honesty. A man in Sterling, Connecticut, is facing numerous charges after state police pulled him over Saturday night for a suspected DUI. They allegedly saw his vehicle strike a sidewalk curb and break other traffic laws, according to the smoking gun. Police said Corey failed sobriety tests and they found marijuana and drug paraphernalia in the car. Oh, and a 12-inch machete, according to the Hartford Current. Because when you're going out and drinking and smoking weed, you got to make sure you can get through the jungle, right? Corey was arrested, which admittedly is not unique. However, the shirt he was wearing at the time is. It was a green t-shirt and perhaps the most truthful statement ever put on a piece of clothing. The shirt reads, beer plus beer equals shenanigans. Corey was charged with numerous traffic violations, including operating under the influence of alcohol, as well as charges for possession of drug paraphernalia and marijuana, because for some reason that's still illegal in places, and weapons in a motor vehicle, according to NBC Connecticut. He was later released on a $10,000 bond. His next scheduled court appearance is October the 3rd. Meanwhile, uh, that will bring us to our friend. He, this man is the Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Mr. Corey, congratulations. You are the inaugural Gilman Geek of the Week. Uh, and I'd like to give credit to the Filthy Four Daily Show at F4WOnline.com. I borrowed that intro from them. So, we've got four stories down. We've got one to go. That means it's time for story... Number five. Yes. Believe it or not, I went to one website during the break because this story also comes from the Huffington Post... As will the bonus story, if we have time for it. Uh, the headline reads, Lecturer dons Iron Man mask and becomes his student's superhero. Uh, I feel like in hustle tradition, there is a sound effect that I should play based on that headline, and it is this. You bastard! I try not to mix the two worlds, but sometimes the Huffington Post just makes me. 
Uh, this university lecturer has got his anxious students' backs. To spare them from getting nervous when he was grading their papers, Maud Nazrik bin Nur Ahmad, I really hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I apologize. Uh, donned an Iron Man mask so they couldn't see his facial expressions and figure out how they'd done. One of Ahmad's thinking skills students at the International Islamic University, Malaysia, snapped him wearing the unusual headgear during a recent lecture. Uh, she shared the photograph to Twitter on Monday, and now it is going viral. The student, 18-year-old Nur Izyan Farhani Binti Arifin, told Huffington Post that she and her classmates were initially surprised when Ahmad placed the mask over his face. But after he explained why he was doing so, she described him as an awesome lecturer for considering our feelings and said she now looked forward to attending his seminars. Ahmad told BuzzFeed News he donned the mask because it was really easy for his students to guess how they'd done based on his facial expressions. But he also revealed another reason for wearing it. While undergoing treatment for a heart condition in 2014, Ahmad was forced to wear a blue light-emitting heart monitor on his chest. After his parents bought the self-confessed Iron Man superfan the mask to cheer him up and to accompany the medical device, he decided to use it occasionally in class. It became the perfect prop to maintain his students' attention, he added. Uh, quote, classes would be boring if it's just simply about talking and giving marks, he told BuzzFeed. It bored me when I was studying, so I saw no reason to be boring when I took up lecturing. Dozens of students agree with his reasoning. So, yeah, it turns out that uh, teachers being fun makes class better. Uh, one of my uh, favorite teachers that I ever had uh, was Mr. Fisher. Uh, he was the broadcasting teacher at the Skill Center here in Spokane, where I first started learning about the art of radio. And uh, I I went to the, the, the skill center was a place where they had different, you know, skills based classes. Like there was an automotive shop, there was carpentry, there was robotics, there was beauticians, uh, there was a, a bakery in there, uh, all sorts of things. And you could go there for part of your high school day or uh, you could go during the summer, which is what I did. And uh, I went there specifically uh, to take broadcasting and whatever else I could. Um, I knew that my parents would never let me, you know, miss out on, on quote unquote real classes during the year. So I thought, Hey, I'll spend a, you know, a month and a half going to the skills center here and, uh, this will be fun. Uh, I went two years. I went just before my freshman year and I took, uh, broadcasting and robotics. Uh, robotics was first broadcasting was second. That's always how it worked. Uh, robotics was kind of fun. We had these, ro you know, these silly robotics kits that we programmed in Apple logo, uh, which I know seems really outdated now. And it probably was a little outdated in 1995 because I'm old. Um, and then uh, broadcasting class, we, we concentrated on radio broadcasting, you know, uh, spinning records, cutting commercials. And uh, then the second half of the class was television broadcasting where we created uh, TV shows and things and whatever. Uh, second year I went, it was travel and tourism was my morning class and broadcasting was the afternoon class. Uh, broadcasting the second time it was just, uh, TV broadcasting. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the production booth cause I don't look good on camera. 
There's a reason that this is an audio podcast and not a video podcast, even though the camera is right here. Uh, the, ner- the, the nerd cameras are, are all set up down here for some reason right now, which probably would have scared the hustle guys because they'd think I might have recorded them. Um, perhaps Andrew just preset them. I don't know, but they're here. <laughs> I'm looking directly into the lens of one right now as if it's recording. Um, but there's a reason that I'm off camera for the nerds, too. Um, and maybe that's just me being self-conscious. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mr. Fisher was, was always a lot of fun. Always joking around, um, made things. It was never a dull day going to broadcasting class. Um, um, so, you know, when you, when you have a good teacher or a teacher that you have rapport with or get along with, uh, things in school are going to be a little easier. Um, when I, the, the few times I dabbled in college, uh, my professor, I had a, a professor of geography who was a fun dude. Uh, so fun that I don't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, professor sharp that I took, um, a theater and film from at, uh, Spokane community college. He's still there. He's still, you know, kicking tail and having fun. And, uh, you know, when you, when you have that special teacher that always sticks out in your mind, there's a time when I really wanted to be a teacher until I realized I probably didn't have the patience for it. And I was more meant to do something like this. Now, if only I can get out of the hotel business and do this on a permanent basis. And maybe at that point, this will become good. Uh, speaking of good, I think it's time that we open up the doors to bonus story 10 minute warning oh shit oh shit oh shit we only got 10 minutes left uh fortunately this is a short story or maybe unfortunately because i gotta figure out what to talk about after that headline reads this obese beagle will do anything for beef jerky and you know what maybe this is my spirit animal You've heard about fat cats, but what about obese beagles? It's got the nice alliteration to it, just like the fat cats. Uh, Yes, dogs can pack on the pounds, especially Fletcher, a beagle who's a real pig, if you catch our drift. Yes, Huffington Post. I think I catch your drift. As can be seen in uh, this clip from the Animal Planet series, My Big Fat Pet Makeover, Fletcher is such a hound for beef jerky that he has found a way to open his owner's zipped backpack in order to get his fix. Pet tra- uh, expert and trainer Travis Brorson is impressed by the dog's mad scarfing skills, but tries to save the pound-foolish po- pooch from itself. Let me see. It said clip. I bet there's audio. Because I like to bring you uh, all the audio that I can on this show. Let's see if I can actually get the cord plugged in right and get this playing on the first try. It's loading. We're going to. Yeah. you have any concerns? Anything that's. Um, I, I mean, when we leave and Jim's backpack is out, we get home and there's shredded up bags of either beef jerky or Cheetos. So basically he's been stealing things. He's a thief. Have you seen him do it? I've never actually seen him do it, but I, I mean, I guess. 
That's right, because unlike that guy from Wells Fargo, this fucking beagle is a good thief. I know this dog's feet. I know how this dog feels. Back when I was a kid, I would rob my parents' food all the time. And by rob, I mean I would make extra Eggo waffles because I was hungry or just bored. Uh, I don't really do that anymore. Actually, no, that's not true. If uh, if my roommate leaves extra cookies out, unfortunately, I usually do rob one or two of them. Deep down inside, I'm a fat beagle. Let's keep going with this clip. I get the packaging remnants all around you the house. See the, you see the evidence. This could be a big problem. Dogs will eat just about anything if you leave it out. But to unzip a backpack, I need to see this. I have an idea how we might be able to catch him red-handed. You want to try it? I'm down for that. It's time to set a trap for Fletcher with the one thing he can't resist, beef jerky. We're going to put the beef jerky in one of Jim's bags, point the camera at it. Natalie and I are going to go outside and wait long enough to catch Fletcher red-handed. i got a live feed here. We can watch it in action. All right. He's not in there yet. No. Oh, that... Oh, it's look like at he's the... looking around to see if anybody's coming. Look at the he's cute little darling mode. waddle. He goes straight to it. <laughs> no way. Oh my he's goodness! He's putting his nose right in there. He's sniffing around the bag. Oh my god! Some bitch! He <laughs> opened it. Me? <laughs> he's going to the bedroom. He wants to eat in private. That's embarrassing. You got to go get that before he eats that whole bag. Hold on. One okay. Second. Beagles are known for being able to hunt down food with their amazing sense of smell. But what's impressive is Fletcher's ability to wedge his nose between the zippers to get the beef jerky. My Big Fat Pet Makeover premieres Saturday, September 30th at 10 on Animal Planet. Oh, we missed it. Oh, damn it. Oh, well. Uh, I can I can understand where that beagle's coming from. <laughs> Especially the part about wanting to, you know, wanting to take it into privacy and eating alone. Uh, usually when I have my biggest, most embarrassing fat guy indulgent meals, I don't want anybody around. If somebody's around, uh, I tend to order uh, reasonable amounts of food. Uh, but if nobody's there, oh, and I'm feeling down, holy shit. Uh, I'll, I'll, it's embarrassing, but I'm in a room alone, so I'll share it. Uh, my, my, probably my most, uh, embarrassing meal that I would get, I would go to Burger King, uh, which in and of itself, pretty embarrassing. Uh, there would be the, uh, two for five deal where you could get, uh, two chicken sandwiches, two big Kings. They might still have it. Haven't been there in a while. Um, I would get the two big Kings. I would get, uh, three 10 piece chicken nuggets and a large fry. Just for me, just for one meal, just for one night while I sat alone in my room with my doors and windows closed, hoping that no one saw me eat all of this. And there are still times, just based on habit, that I order like that. Uh, but fortunately, I'm doing my best to be good. Uh, right now, I'm, uh, I'm drinking a Powerade because I'm trying to quit you know, drinking that demon soda. Uh, I've been really good about that. Uh, lately, I'll still have a, an energy drink, you know, when starting work, because for some reason, having an energy drink seems better to me than having coffee. And I think that's mostly because the creamer for coffee at my work is really, really disgusting. <laughs> but other than the energy drink, I really haven't indulged much in soda 
uh, probably in a week, uh, which is nice. Now, the the next step, I think, is to go from the Powerade and the Gatorade down to, like, the Powerade Zero or the Gatorade Zero Sugar. And, uh, you know, just trying to cut that, that excess ick out of my life. I, I've realized in this whole sort of mental health journey which sounds like an overblown way of putting it, uh, that I've been on that, um, you know, I kind of want to be around for longer. Um, you know, I'm 37 now and in a way that feels old, but I know deep down it's pretty young. Um, so, you know, I got a good, I got to think I got a good 50 years left if I'm smart. And if I'm not smart, I got to think I got a good 45. <laughs> Or maybe that's four two five. Who knows? Uh, anyway, uh, I think it's coming up. Uh oh! Stop the clock! Yes, we have reached the end of another episode of Gilman. This is Gilman two. Um, again, sorry if it seemed a bit disorganized compared to how it has been in the past. Um, this one was kind of thrown together at the last minute based on real life becoming real life. And I wanted to make sure that you had some new content, uh, here on the feed. Uh, and of course, Gilman is the fill in show when the hustle has to take a week off, but don't worry. I believe next week, uh, we'll all be back. I know I'm off work next Saturday, so I don't know what time we're recording, uh, because next Saturday night I'm going to see Titus. Yeah, Christopher Titus is going to be in town. Um, I literally did the stupid thing where I DM'd him and asked if I could open for him because uh, he follows me on Twitter. Um, I doubt he'll reply to even tell me no. But uh, yeah, as I even put it in the DM, I'd have kicked myself in the balls if I didn't at least ask. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, tomorrow, WWE, next Saturday, Christopher Titus. And maybe, just maybe... Hopefully, I make it into the Seattle International Comedy Competition, and that will make for an interesting couple of months. But for now, I'm going to close and lock the door here to uh, another edition of Gilman. Hopefully, you guys had fun. I know I did. Until next time, remember, that light at the end of the tunnel may be you. Good night. Gilman is a production of Pants Pending Studios. All rights reserved. All wrongs revenged. That concludes our podcasting day. Please exit through the gift shop. This podcast is a Pants Pending Studios production. And part of the Pants Pending Studios podcast network. Find more of our great shows just by searching Pants Pending in your podcatcher. For more information or to contact us directly, visit us at pantspending.com. Please subscribe to this show, share it with your friends, like it on Facebook, and rate it on iTunes. And we thank you for making us a part of your listening day. Pants Pending. 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 Studios! <laughs> <laughs>